الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون صدق الله العظيم Most respected ulama ikram, brothers and elders. Allah Ta'ala out of His grace, out of His mercy, has blessed us with the innumerable bounties that we enjoy. Nothing is due to our achievement, our effort, our work. This is all purely the gift from Allah Ta'ala. When a person becomes unmindful of Allah Ta'ala, then the heart and mind gets distracted from realities and a person falls into deception. Arun, he was from the nation of Musa but he became rebellious. The Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala speaks about this, that Qarun, inna Qarun kana min qawmi Musa fafafabagha alayhim. That he was from the nation of Musa but he became rebellious. What was his situation in terms of what Allah Ta'ala had blessed him with? Inna mafatihahu latanu'u bil uswati ulil quwa. Allah Ta'ala says that we gave him such treasures and so much of wealth that leave the wealth aside, leave the treasures aside, all the keys only to all those treasures. Now one key would probably lock up a room this whole size, filled with whatever treasures in it. So what will be the weight of that key? The weight of that key can't be more than a 100 grams, 200 grams, 500 grams, a very big key, one kilo. So even a child will carry that one kilo key. But there were so many keys, Allah Ta'ala says, imagine now how many vaults or treasures or whatever it might have been, that the treasures aside, the Quran Sharif describes it as, that if all those keys were put together, then a very strong, a group of very strong men, group of very strong men would not be able to carry it with ease. They would battle to carry it. Not one person, a whole group of strong men. Now one person will carry many keys of that nature. And a whole group of strong men, how many keys will carry? So if one tries to imagine this, it's mind-boggling. In perhaps our equivalence of things, it will run into the trillions, maybe more than that. Allah Ta'ala says, we gave him all this. But what happened as a result... When a person forgets Allah Ta'ala. So then all the negatives start creeping in. So when a person forgets Allah Ta'ala, then what becomes the situation? So now he started conducting himself with a lot of pride, a lot of arrogance, haughtiness, boastfulness, because 
wealth and power. Wealth and power, if it is not controlled, then a person becomes power drunk and even wealth has an intoxicating effect. There's one, one, one person was a barber, very expert. So now the king would also come to have his hair done, his hair cut. So one day the king was having his hair cut and this barber, simple person nevertheless, and he's saying to the king that Bacha Salamat, Me Jawan, Aapki Beti Jawan, Hamari Shadi Karado. Saying to him, I am also already young, I'm a young man. Your daughter is a young girl also, get us married. Now the king got a shock. The shock was on this that how did this fellow, being a barber, a simple but to be so daring that he is saying it and that too directly to the king. So just to try and fathom what how can how could this even happen? He's a good person, I know this barber for so long, what made him suddenly blurt something out like this? So he just kept quiet at that time, he came back, then he says to the wazir, these people had very, very intelligent wazirs around them, the minister. He said to him that, this is something I just cannot fathom. This barber, we know him from so long, good person to make this kind of proposal directly to me, being what he is, that he knows that the status quo doesn't, what, the, the, what you call, his position, his status, it just doesn't match up to get him married to the princess. And he still made that proposal directly to me, something is not right. The wazir thought about it first, and then he said, look, just leave it for a while. After some time he said, look, go for another haircut. So he went again for a haircut, again the fellow started talking the same thing. Again he reported to the wazir, this is something very, very strange. Again the fellow started talking the same thing. He said, okay, leave it for a while. After some time again he told him, go for a haircut. But this time he went along and he called the chap out to another spot. He said, no, you cut the king's hair here. Now he is cutting the hair quietly and he's saying nothing. The wazir started prompting him a little bit. He's quiet. In fact, he's getting afraid that how can you even suggest such a thing? Now this became even more sick more strange. The wazir, these people were very sharp, very intelligent. So he said to the king that you give the instruction that this spot where he normally has cuts people's hair, dig this spot. So well, this person probably knows why he's saying it. So they had that place dug up. When they had it dug up deep down, there was a buried treasure there, which nobody knew about. So the wazir said, you see, when he was standing here, this this thing was having an effect all the way to his head. And when the king came and he's sitting there in the king's presence and this treasure is having its effect on his head, he thought he's now on that level where he can even propose for the princess too. But when he came out of that place and he was on a separate spot, now that effect wasn't there on him. So he was even scared that somebody is making such a suggestion to him. Now this might be a rare incident of this nature, but in day-to-day life, this is a reality. In day-to-day life, this is a reality that what a person is in all the time, it has an effect on him. Power has an effect on a person. He has authority. It has an effect on him. He has wealth. that has an effect also. What is going to moderate that effect?
on this side Qarun had all this and now people are saying to him La tafrah inna Allah la yuhibbul farihin don't become proud and arrogant be a humble person wabtaghi fima ataka Allahu dar al-akhira that whatever Allah Ta'ala has blessed you but be conscious of this that your real focus should be the hereafter this is a very temporary place and your, con- your, your focus should be acquiring the hereafter Yes, whatever Allah Ta'ala has blessed you with in dunya, enjoy that in a halal way, in a proper way. But remember Allah Ta'ala has been kind to you. So you be kind on the creation of Allah Ta'ala now. Don't let this become a means of you abusing your position. Allah Ta'ala has been kind to you and you are being unjust on the creation of Allah Ta'ala. This is a major zulm and a major oppression that you are committing. So this is the advice people gave to Karun. That look, don't do this. Don't leave out all this haughtiness and pride and arrogance. This wealth Allah Ta'ala gave you is a gift. And it's also an amanat. It's also a trust. So now you seek the akhirat with it. Enjoy the Na'mats of dunya also, within the limits that Allah Ta'ala has set, but seek the akhirat with it. And the crucial thing, وَأَحْسِنْ كَمَا أَحْسَنَ اللَّهُ إِلَيْكَ Allah Ta'ala has been kind to you, now you be in kind to the creation of Allah Ta'ala. وَلَا تَبْغِلْ فَسَادَ فِي الْأَرْضِ Don't create mischief on the earth. Mischief in which way? Mischief in any way and every way. Mischief by oppressing the servants of Allah Ta'ala. Mischief by using that wealth in a way that gives rise to sins and evil in society, whether it's in a personal level, whether it starts creating this atmosphere around. A person is now sometimes engaging in things which now he's inviting others also to become part of it, creating facade on the earth. Allah Ta'ala does not like those who create mischief on the earth. But this had had such an effect already on Karun that a person, this intoxicating effect when it comes, it is worse than the intoxication of some substance abuse. The substance abuse is terrible. It's a major sin and all the other harms of it are in its place. But the next morning the person after one night, maybe one whole day will pass, but he'll finally sober up. After a day, two days, he'll finally sober up. It'll finally clear out. But if a person gets affected by the intoxication of dunya, then this is an intoxication which is very severe. Then sometimes days, months, years go, and this just keeps increasing. So this is what happened to Karun. What was his response? Innama uti tuhu ala ilmin indi. What are you talking about? Allah Ta'ala gave me and this is a gift and it's a ni'mat and it's an amanat and all these things you are giving me, these long long stories. This is the effect of my knowledge, my skill. This is the end result of my expertise. I earned this. This is mine. If it wasn't for me, there would be nothing. It all came because of my I applied my mind and all the big, big words that we will use for it. This was Arun's reaction. 
But what became the end result of all this? فَخَسَفْنَا بِهِ وَبِدَارِهِ الْأَرْضِ Allah Ta'ala says that time came when this reached its peak. Allah Ta'ala gives respite, but then it reaches a peak. When it reached its peak, فَخَسَفْنَا بِهِ وَبِدَارِهِ الْأَرْضِ We caused the earth to swallow him and all his wealth and possessions and everything. Everything was swallowed up in the earth. So this is the lesson Allah Ta'ala is giving us in the Quran Sharif. That look, what is going to moderate it? What is going to keep it within? And what is going to keep it on? That by means of it, he can earn the hereafter. That is that extent of taqwa that he will have in his life. This is why the entire Quran Sharif from beginning to end is this lesson of taqwa. Come all the important occasions also, the same lesson of taqwa is highlighted. Right at the beginning of the Quran Sharif, Alif Lam Mihim Zalikal Kitabu Bafi Hudal Lil Muttaqeen. This Quran Sharif is hidayat for those who will adopt taqwa. Then they will benefit from the Quran Sharif. They will adopt taqwa, they will be able to now take the lessons of the Qur'an Sharif to heart. This is one meaning of this ayat. Come Ramadan, the whole lesson of Ramadan from beginning to end, the lesson of taqwa. The occasion of qurbani comes, لَيَّنَالَ اللَّهَ لُحُومُهَا وَلَا دِمَاؤُهَا وَلَا كِيَّنَالُهُ التَّقْوَى مِنْكُمْ It is the taqwa that reaches Allah Ta'ala. Person is going for hajj, he is being encouraged. Take your provisions along. Don't go empty-handed and go back there. But remember, together with the little material possessions that you need to take along your needs, but remember, But the most important provision you need to take along is taqwa. Otherwise, that hajj will become a party. Then a person will, when he's completed especially the main rites of hajj on the day of Arafah has done what he had to do and then he's come to Muzdalifah and now he's come and completed his tawaf as Yarat and now he'll come back to Mina, it'll be like now he's just free to do what he wants. Mina will become a party ground. Why? Because when he left, he didn't come along with taqwa. He came along with his bags, came along with his food, came along with all his wealth and money. But the main thing that he should have brought along, he didn't come along with. So as a result, even in the Mubarak places also, the person is making tawaf, but he's not looking after his gaze. Because he brought his bags of possessions along, but he didn't bring taqwa along. Person is in the Haram Sharif, and while on the one side, one good deed is multiplied 100,000 times in the Haram of Makkah Mukarramah, one sin is equally multiplied also. So each sin is also just as serious, 100,000 times more. But now the person where he should have been now reaping this maximum rewards and coming back clean, but at the same time is getting involved in haram glances, he's talking ghibat in the haram sharif, in front of the Kaaba sharif, he's engaging in other futile things. As a result, he's filling his heart with darkness. Person then barely even reaches the airport and he's already missing his salah. And by the time he boards that plane, which obviously doesn't have a very conducive environment, 
by the time he reaches home, all that noor of the Kaaba Sharif and everything is already drained out. Barely few minutes into the journey is all drained out already. Why? Because he left, he left without taqwa. So this is that lesson that is being given in the Quran Sharif, in the Ahadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi that look, all these things will happen in life. There will be all these challenges. There will be all these situations. There will be these tests and trials. The test and trial of wealth. The test and trial of power, of influence, of authority. The test and trial of the environment, which is one of the main tests and trials that come around this time of the year. Or main, or one of the very big ones. And now in all these situations, what is going to be the thing that will guide the person along in a way that he does not get affected by these things? That he has that wealth, he has it in his hands, not in his heart. So it's not affecting him, not affecting his heart. The authority, he is forever concerned that I am also under the authority of Allah Ta'ala. One sahabi has Abu Mas'ud, Ansari radiallahu ta'ala he says one day, now, there was a learning phase. Everything happened over a period of time. Overnight everything didn't. People who came into Islam at that time had come from the very, very depth of jahalat. They were in the dark ages which had never been seen prior to that. And the situation which is, we have heard many times, what, what used to happen, children being buried alive, daughters being buried alive, that kind of environment they came from. So obviously there was a learning phase. Everything didn't come overnight. But this was the Kamal and this was the achievement of the Sahaba Ikram that they had to be given the lesson once. And the lesson once and that was it. Once in the presence of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Abu Bakr and Umar began suggesting something. The people of Banu Tamim had come, the delegation had come, and now Nabi Wasallam wanted to appoint one of them as an Amir over them. So Abu Bakr gave one suggestion that this person should be appointed. Ta'aqa bin Ma'bad was his name, appoint him as the Amir. Hazrat Umar now suggested somebody else. But in this, the discussion got a little bit, the voices got slightly raised, slightly raised. But these people's tarbiyat was made from the heavens. Allah Ta'ala revealed the ayat of the Quran Sharif in Surah Al-Hujurat. Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu la tuqaddimu bayna yadayi Allahi wa rasoolihi wa attaqullah. That don't be too hasty and jump the gun so to say. Before Allah and His Rasul Wasallam, Wait for Nabi Wasallam to first ask each one what he feels and leave it at that. Till he makes the decision. This is above the voice of Rasulullah Wasallam. Now this was just a chance happening. It wasn't something that they were doing in conversing with Nabi Wasallam. This was in between themselves. But in the presence of Rasulullah Wasallam. But this ayat of the Quran Sharif was revealed and that was it. Thereafter, they would talk to Rasulullah in such a way that many a times he would have to ask them to please repeat themselves because they were talking deliberately in such soft tones. Once, just one time, all was required was once the lesson must come. And that was it. So likewise, in this 
aspect that we were discussing is digress from some point in what was it? Abu Mas'ud Ansari radiallahu ta'ala so he says that one slave of mine did something and I got very upset and I was lashing him punishing him and suddenly I hear a voice from behind me Ya Aba Mas'ud See, I suddenly realize it's the voice of Rasulullah sallallahu and he says that I can hear Nabi sallallahu saying to me that remember Lallahu aqdaru alayk minka alayh that remember very well Allah has more power over you than you have over him you are now in authority over your slave you have that strength and might over him he is weak in front of you but remember Allah Ta'ala is more powerful than you like you are venting yourself on this slave today Allah Ta'ala will take you to account tomorrow so he says when I heard this I got a shock but now this was one lesson that he needed first he made amends immediately what amends he made immediate amends I have freed him freeing a slave was in our context like a person gave a property away because it was a very valuable commodity it was like he just gave his property away for free I freed him. This, I have to compensate for the wrong I have done. What I have erred in, I need to now settle that, make it right. So the first thing to do it right is now that I oppress this person, so now to make ihsan upon him. So that the ihsan will overcome the oppression and it will settle the score. So now I oppress him, so now I am freeing him. That was the biggest gift that a slave could be given. That he gains his freedom. He is no more a slave. He is a free man. So I freed him. But in this is that lesson. That this was the consciousness that was developed. Remember I have authority today. But Allah Ta'ala has greater authority over me. I have power. But Allah Ta'ala is the greatest. Allah has power over me. My power is very limited. That power. It may just be able to be wielded here and there. But Allah Ta'ala is the most powerful. That consciousness, if it's missing, then a person will be like anything unleashed. Then it not matter who is in front, what it is, but then it will be what I say must go. Who gets hurt in the process, whatever happens, all that is, by the way, doesn't mean anything. But what I have decided, what I want to do, what I want to get done in my favor, but that's it. That must happen at any cost. And anybody comes in the way, they can be mowed down. But that becomes a situation when these things are not moderated by that taqwa, by that consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. And when that consciousness of Allah Ta'ala comes, then a person is very, very conscious and afraid of the minutest getting sort of out of line. Minutest Inclination to either side. That famous incident of his troubling two. Five homes. You have two wives. So I brought two so you can then give one to one house and the other to the other house. So I said very well. But what if one is bigger than the other? Now I will be giving it from my side. So I will be giving one which is for example one is weighing just one kilo and the other one is weighing 1.1 kilo. 100 grams more. So now I am not being just. 
Whereas this is a vital and a crucial aspect that if a person has more than one wife, he has to deal with both completely with justice. I won't be fulfilling your consciousness in this regard. I'm fully aware of this. So when I brought these watermelons, I made sure I weighed both and then I bought it. I bought one, or I had them both weighed when I found two completely equal in weight. I bought those two. So both are 100% equal in weight and you have your scale here also. He had a scale in his khanka on one side. Whenever these kind of things would be the case where he needed to distribute something in his homes, the scale was always there for that purpose. To make sure that it is being done 100% to the point. In perfect equality. You can weigh it and check it up. So very well, this is something what you've done is excellent. But there's still one. I would send one to one home and the other to the other home, but I wasn't just in it. One got something more sweeter than the other. So now this was a villager. The villagers had a very, very informal manner about themselves. Too much of the formalities were not something part of their nature. They, something came in their mind, they said it as they wanted. So this villager, when Hazrat said to him, now, what if one is sweeter than the other? So he said, kya me isme gus karke dekho? Must I go and go deep down inside there and go see for myself? How can I go inside and see whether it's sweeter or not? He said, okay, very well, no problem. What we do now is bring a knife. Brought the knife and cut one in equal halves. Weighed it, both are half and half. Said, okay, fine, cut the other one also. Cut the other one in equal halves. Says, now what you do is take one half from here and one half from there and put these two together on one side. And again, the other two halves, put it on the other side. Now, if one is sweeter than the other, both got half of each. Now we are being fair. Now, this extent of consciousness that there mustn't be any type of injustice to anybody. So whether the person has that authority, whether he has that influence, whether he has that power, whether he has that wealth, or whether he doesn't have it, whether he is the king or a subject, but if he has this taqwa along, this consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, then that is the moderating factor. Then despite all these issues, despite having it all at one time also, but he will still be just. He will still be fair. He will still not trample on anybody else's rights. He will still not become a burden on others. But rather, with those ni'mas Allah Ta'ala has blessed him, he too will enjoy it, and he will help the servants of Allah Ta'ala also. That will become a ni'mat and a bounty for him also, and it will become a ni'mat for others also. So this is the crucial aspect, this consciousness now this consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, if this is missing, then a person sometimes in this time of the year, this so-called holiday time, says, well, it's holiday from work, it's holiday from school, it's holiday from somebody from university, it's holiday from the business, it's holiday from all the things. So then when everything is a holiday, then deen on holiday also. So even deen, he gives deen holiday too. You also just wait now, we'll come see you after a while. After a few weeks, we'll come back and see you. But in that process, a person, Allah forbid, loses his haya, loses his salah, loses his tilawat, loses his tasbihat, and this is an ongoing thing. That people come back after a holiday from somewhere, and then they say that my tilawat stopped, 
my tasbihat stopped, my zikr stopped, everything just, I can't get going again. Let alone stopped, I just can't get started also. And I can't fathom why. But what happened is, that the heart became soiled with the environment. Because the person put the heart anywhere, went anywhere, conducted himself in a way that he didn't bother where he's going, what he's doing. So as a result, the heart got affected with all the things that were happening around and what he himself did. The direct effect of that is that when the zulmat comes, the darkness comes in, then the light leaves. So all the amal of light also drain out. Now to get started again, it requires first to get the darkness out. When the darkness will come out, it will bring space for the light. Then the amal of light will be easy to once again start off. But the point is that this is a very risky situation. What if death comes away in that time? So this is the very, very crucial thing that in these times of fitna and fasad, a person has to be even more conscious, even more careful, and keep himself far away from places of fitna. Might seem that everybody is enjoying themselves, everybody is having a great time. I must sit in one corner, I must be deprived of all the fun. But this is due to having forgotten that dunya is a place of test. And what test? What test can we compare ourselves with? Not being part of the haram, is that a test? The test is what the sahaba went through. Being dragged on the burning sands of Makkah Mukarramah, that was a test. Having to tie stones to their bellies out of severe hunger, that was a test. Seeing 70 of the sahaba and their close and near and dear ones all getting martyred at one time in Uhud, that was a test. Seeing all the other various situations that came across them, and then after the sahaba kiram, the tabi'een, the tabi tabi'een, all the great pious personalities of the ummah, test they went through. Our test is simply to stay away from haram. So this is something that we need to be very conscious about, we need to bring our minds and hearts to be focused in this direction that we need to keep ourselves safe from all these situations, all this fitna and fasad and whatever else happens in the environments. Our focus is the akhirat. Our time of enjoyment is the akhirat. This dunya, this dunya is a very temporary place. Right now, everybody is in that examination mode. When a person is in examination mode, then the whole mind is in a different frame. It's in a different direction. Everybody is very, very alert, very conscious. Person is making longer du'as also. Person is making nafil salah. He wasn't even making his sunnahs previously. Now he's making nafil also. And before he couldn't wake up for fajr, now he's making tahajjud also. MashaAllah, excellent. If something woke us up for deen, Alhamdulillah. Not that that is the way that it should be that only at that time. But the point is that that was all for the purpose of trying to pass an exam. So there was so much of consciousness, so much of concern, so much of effort, that I need to pass this exam. And everybody rallies around that person, the whole family and extended family and everybody. And they'll be encouraging words and support. But now when this short exam finishes, there's a most severe exam starts. That severe exam is the holiday time. That is a more severe exam than this short, short exam. Because this exam tests a person's skill in some subjects. 
The holiday exam tests a person's iman. It tests his steadfastness and his istiqamat. And many a person who passes this exam of his school, an exam of university, the day his results come out, he fails in the exam of what follows thereafter. So this is, our entire life is in the examination room. This whole dunya is an examination room. At the time of the result is the akhirat. On that day, or day of Tiamat, there will be those who will be given their reports, their book of deeds in their right hand. He'll be going around his friends, family, others, whoever. Here's my reports. Look at it. Look at the distinctions I got. The sabr that I made. The salah that I woke up for at the time of Fajr in summer also. I stayed away from the haram. People were all going headlong into so many things, but I kept myself safe from all that. How mukhrahu kitabiya? Inni ghanantu anni mulaqin hisabiya. Fahuwa fi ishatir radiya. Fi jannatin aliya. Qutufuha daniya. Kulu washrabu hani'am bima aslaftum fil ayyam al khaliya. Allah Ta'ala describes the whole scene what will happen on that day then. That he will be going around and showing people this. Allah Ta'ala says then as a result, he will be given all these bounties of jannat. And he will be told enjoy it now. And kulu washrabu hani'am bima aslaftum now you enjoy yourself. Eat, drink to your leisure. All this is in lieu of what you did, what you did in terms of the good you did in the days that have passed, in your time in dunya. And then the other person got his book of deeds, his report in the left hand, meaning this is a sign of failure. He'll now be crying out. How I wish I never got this. How I wish that that death had come. Ya laytani lam uta kitabiya wa lam adri ma hisabiya. Ya laytaha kanatil qadiya. That when the death came in the world, how I wish that was it. There was no resurrection. But all that wish is of no use. Ma aghna anni maliya halaka anni sultaniya. Now he'll say all my wealth didn't help me in any way. All my power, all gone. Nothing, of no avail to me. Neither my wealth of any avail to me, neither my power of any avail to me. And then the punishment starts. خُذُوهُ فَغُلُّوهُ ثُمَّ الْجَحِيمَ صَلُّوهُ ثُمَّ فِي سِلْسِلَةٍ زَرْعُهَا سَبْعُونَ ذِرَاعًا فَسْلُكُوهُ All the punishment of Jahannam is then described. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. So this is a very, very temporary phase of dunya. And in this little time we have, this little sabr is required. Sabr to remain safe from all this fitna and fasad. And in this time we have to therefore increase our amal. Keep ourselves in the right environments. Keep ourselves far away from all the places of fitna and fasad. And we keep our family safe as well. This little bit of sabr, but then this everlasting jannat inshallah will be for us. Allah wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.